Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hello, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. And today, we're going to talk about sunset clauses. Now, sunset clauses are not the romantic scene that comes up at the end of a Hollywood movie. A sunset clause is a protection for buyers and sellers of property. And it's something that you need very good legal advice on. So what did I do? I dived into the old iPhone and I called somebody that I have known and trusted with the conveyancing side of life for many years. Linda Sanders from Dixon Sanders. Hey, Linda, it's Owen from the Clever Investor Podcast. How are you going? I'm, I'm really good, thank you. Can I ask you a question? What is a sunset clause? So a sunset clause is commonly used contractual term, which is included in contracts of sale of real estate, and it's designed to protect buyers and sellers of properties. So in a nutshell, the sunset clause or a sunset date is the date by which a project um, is required to be finished. Um, it sort of gives some side, a little bit of certainty to people about you know uh, when this development is going to be finished, and it's um, always included in off the plan contracts. And it will depend on usually the size of the project and whereabouts they're at in terms of the development as to what that term or time frame can be. So some smaller developments might be just say twelve months if it's you know maybe five or six lot subdivision, or, you know, a major high rise could be 24, 36 months, something like that. So you mentioned it's for off-the-plan contracts. Does it exist yep. on if it's a uh, if it's a c- completed property, if it's an, a, an existing house or apartment? Yeah, it certainly can also be included in that. It's typically on off-the-plan contracts. Um, sometimes you can have a sunset clause if there is a clause which is for the benefit of the purchaser. So a typical example would be um, the purchaser needs to sell their own home before they, or, or a certain property before they can settle on the new property that they're purchasing. So there might be a sunset clause in relation to the purchaser must sell whatever the details of that property is by a certain date. And if it isn't sold by that date, then the purchaser has the right to terminate the contract and get back any deposit that they've paid. Right. So this is probably the reason why some people, from my experience, can be a bit scared when they see that in. Um, and I, I, I think atypically it's sort of off-the-plan contracts, but they get a bit scared that someone's going to take their deposit and run away with everything. Can that happen? Um, yes and no. So typically, when a deposit is paid for off the plans especially, the money is held on trust. And it's usually held on trust by the vendor solicitor. Um, for smaller developments, it might be held on trust 
by the real estate agent. And that means they can't release that deposit to the vendor until settlement because it's an off-the-plan purchase. The only risk you have is obviously whether the lawyer or the real estate agent runs off with the money. Right, okay. But typically speaking, I would say that it's, it's pretty secure and safe. It doesn't get to go to the vendor until settlement. We had an episode on trusts a while ago, so we know why they exist now. We know we, we got the cheat notes on, on what trusts are and, and, and what protection that they do offer. Can you negotiate on the sunset clause? Um. Every uh, contractual obligation or requirement is negotiable. It's about whether or not the parties will negotiate, that's all. So, um, for example, for major development, um, generally speaking, uh, the developer needs to have all the contracts in line so they all have to have the same kind of sunset dates and timeframes. Um, and a, a major reason for that is because they're relying on these contracts and um, obligations to do the same for their own construction finance. So once again, it'll depend on at what stage they're at, but uh, most of them won't change sunset clauses. Um, sometimes they, if you're getting closer to the sunset date and the project's not quite finished, the parties can enter into a variation deed which will allow for the sunset clause to be extended by agreement. Um, and that sometimes does happen if there's been a little bit of a delay uh, due to um, work or inability to get materials, um, which is, I think, why a lot of people at the moment are actually having quite long and extensive periods of time for their sunset clauses to take into account all of those kind of things that we're currently experiencing around the world and in Victoria especially too. So if a developer ever comes back and wants to extend the sunset clause, that isn't cause on its own to panic? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it could be lots of reasons um, why they want to extend and they need to let you know what that is. You don't have to agree to the extension either as a purchaser. You can say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not agreeing to that extension. Um, and then you would wait until the sunset clause ended to make a decision about whether you wanted to continue on with this or not. Um, but sometimes they're also offering um, some little perks to go with you agreeing to the extension. Um, we've had clients being offered uh, additional rebates because they've agreed to allow the extend, uh, an extension for 12 months, for example. So, um, you know, everything's negotiable. I suppose in that circumstance, it can benefit the, uh, the developer uh, the, and the builder of the property because it means that um, they've, they've, still, they've still got a sale there. They haven't got to go off and, and search for another one. So it, 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 it can be advantageous for, for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. When when they know they've got a certain number of sales, then obviously that's better for their finance um, ability as well. And it also means they don't have to waste their time trying to find more purchases. Now, you mentioned um, before when the, uh, when the sunset clause comes to an end, let's say that the building isn't completed yet. Can the developer just terminate your contract then if you and but you still want to go ahead with buying the uh, the property so what's happened is um, in Victoria we there were a number of um, let's just say not so kosher developers and what they were doing is they were specifically delaying projects which meant that the sunset clause would come to an end and they would just unilaterally terminate contracts and return deposits to purchases oh that's so nice 
No, not at all. So, so why, the Victorian, why, why would they do that? Why, why would a so developer would, do that? Yeah. So they do that so that they could resell the properties at a higher price. Right. Because if you know, uh, after three years of trying to get this property done, prices have increased and, they've, and especially in certain areas, they've just gone, wow, I can make more money now. So I'm going to terminate all these contracts and, uh, and they purchaser can't do anything about it. So what the Victorian government did is they made some amendments to the Sale of Land Act and decided to provide greater protection for buyers of off-the-plan projects. So now what happens is when you get to the um, date where sunset clause is about to end, um, the parties can, like I said before, they can either agree to extend that, and usually that'll be by a deed of variation, which is perfectly fine if that's what they want to do, or what happens is the developer, if they decide they the, the property's not finished and they want to terminate the contract, they actually have to seek written consent from a purchaser. And in that consent, they have to say, why is there been a delay? Why is this not ready? And why they believe the contract should be terminated? If a purchaser says, no, I'm happy to wait a bit longer. I'm still interested in this property. I don't want to terminate. The only recourse is to go to the Supreme Court and have the contract terminated. Going through yep. that process, it's, you know, the, the legitimate reason has got to come out as to why they would want to t- terminate the contract. It can't just Correct. be because because I want to sell it for two hundred thousand dollars more. Absolutely, and they would have to justify to the court why there's been a delay. They've had you know twenty four months, thirty six months to get this project off the ground. Why there's been a delay, and when do they think it's going to be ready? And we're talking costly as well because obviously taking a matter to the Supreme Court is not going to be cheap. Mm. So this was a this is a really good legislation change. Absolutely, it's protecting buyers from people who are not doing the right thing. So the sunset clause, in a nutshell, is there to protect all parties involved in the in the purchase and the sale of, of property. It's, uh, it's nothing to be scared of, but it, it sounds like it certainly does need to be explained by somebody like yourself that deals with it on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly nothing to be concerned about. I mean, one of the other good things I should mention as well, which is um, a benefit for purchasers, is that they lock in a contract at today's prices. Um, There's no price change, and if it takes three years for this project to be completed, the price they paid was the 2022 price. And as we all know, property's all going up, costs of everything is going up, but you've made instant equity and you've only paid 10%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the uh, the deposit is protected. Correct, correct. Cool. Now, any of these contract changes then, would they, uh, the the vendor is then going to contact the, the conveyancer or would they would they be going straight to the to the buyer of the property? No, they uh, the vendor solicitor is required to contact the purchase solicitor and discuss any of these items. They're not supposed to contact purchases directly um, when they're legally represented. That's good because that would probably freak a lot of people out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and, and in this world of like, am I being scammed or not? So uh, an, another good reason why you should never do conveyancing yourself unless it says on your business card, I'm a conveyancer. 
Correct. Thank you. Thank you for your time and for those uh, gems of information and not to be scared of sunset clauses. And um, is there anything else that you would like to add to this? Get your contract reviewed before you actually sign it and get it done by a professional person who operates in the state that you are buying and make sure you fully understand what you're getting into. That's the main thing. We like to educate our clients and anybody who comes you know, through our doors and um, we will make sure people understand what they're signing. Thank you, Linda, for your time and your expertise. I'll get you back for uh, another Clever Investor podcast show. Excellent. Thanks, Owen. Have a good day. Bye. You have been listening to the Clever Investor podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.